So in this week's parsha, we have that Moshe Rabbeinu uh, asked the Chavosh Baruch to appoint somebody to be leader of a Klai Shavu Shayyotzei Moshe Rabbeinu Shayyotzei Tehem Shayyotzei So Rashi points out that is a, that he's going to that whoever this individual is going to be, which is going to be Yeshua, he will be the the leader. Will go out in front of the nation. When they go out to war. He'll be going out with in front of them and we come bring and bring them back. So Rashi says that the, the point of that obviously is that uh, so Shayet Tzelifnehem makes sense that he goes out in front of them. Shayet Tzelifnehem, he comes back in front of them. What's the difference if he comes back in the front or the back? You go out to war, we need a person to go out in the war. You know, He's the leader, so he goes first. He also leads them back first. I mean, that's that. Why, he inspires them on the way out. That's important. He goes that he's willing to put his life on the line. That's a major statement to who he is, etc. The fact that Jehovah if they have him, he comes back in front of them seems to be irrelevant that he comes back first. So Rashi says, Rashi Yitzel if they have means he goes out in front of them. Rashi Yitzel if they have means he, in his schools they come back. So he sort of leads them back, whether it's physically or not. The, the main point is not the physical element. He's going to be the one who's bringing them back. He's bringing them back in. Right? Um, so, um, so that's what Rashi teaches. So it's interesting to think about Started thinking of thought process. So in the Musarlam, like Rashi says, like, like not like the Musarlam, where the kings would sit in their, their their house and they would send the the soldiers out to war. Over here, the leader of Kaisel is going out to war directly in front of them. Um, now, Umusarlam, that that's what they do. That the fact that the, the leader stays at home and they they go out to war. Uh, there's obviously there's elements of a lack of sensitivity on the leader's part. You know, like he's putting these people in. Danger, and he's not willing to endanger himself. On the other hand, it does make sense that you you don't want your 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 lead strategist to be a, uh, under fire. It's not this. You don't want your general to be killed. You know, you might lose a foot soldier, but you need the general. You know, so it makes there is a logic to behind this process that the person would stay behind as opposed to going out to the front. Uh, even the ones that go out go go out to war, uh, they. You, you have a deal. They lead. They lead the charge. You had. You know. But that was a good idea. Sometimes. And sometimes. You know. You lost your main strategist. You know. Someone's action. You know. Was was uh, was injured, and we lost. We, they lost them, and that was probably the, a decision. Besides the battery in the battle in the civil war. So now the truth is, you could argue that the Kleiser was when they went out to where they weren't in danger. Um, there's a famous mice which happened in the city of Brisk. So Brisk, we sort of, we, you know, and our rosy picture of the reality called Brisk, we picture that this was this, this phenomenal city already, remember it was a Tamil Chacham, etc. And um, it's true that there was a Tukuba, like that, that, that was well, well known, apparently the, the, the Bach, the Bach was the, was the robin in the city of Brisk. So, um, so apparently it was it was quite a place to be, way back when. Um, so at that point, now I imagine it was the, the, the time of the time brisker. There was an element in the city which was not was it was not from their anti fruit So the story goes that uh, one time the Meskilim decided to make a plague to make fun of the Torah. So they pictured a, the a, they had this play the stage. Go, the Jews are going out to war. So somebody gets up dressed up like the Koyan and he makes the announcement that the person who just married somebody should leave. A person who just 
planted his carob and hasn't had a chance to eat from the fruits yet. The first after three years, yet until the fourth you can't. They should leave. And then if it says eventually, it says everybody's embarrassed. Uh, who's worried about their embarrassed? They should leave. At the end, they have two old men sitting, on, standing, leaning on sticks up in the front. One of them is dressed up like the Vildegoy, one dressed up like the Shagas And like that's, they close the curtain, and everybody laughs, like that's ridiculous that they should have war like that. So they tell this to a prime minister, and a prime minister says they're, they weren't, they weren't that right. <laughs> the only thing they didn't to do the next, the next scene was they went out to war and they won. <laughs> right? So was the, the Melech putting himself in danger if, 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 if the Kleinster was deserving? They, they would win the war. So was he endangering himself? Maybe not. Okay, arguably not. But the question is, is there something more to this this idea that the leader is going out as opposed to the Ulam, where the Melech is sitting in his house, sitting in his palace, where everybody else is going out? So I was thinking about that. So the question is, what Mida would that, would that exemplify? What Mida would that express, this idea that the... the the leader feels the responsibility to go out together with them, as a matter of fact, to lead them out to battle, lead them out as opposed to staying behind. So first thought process was the, the idea of Gaiv versus Anivas. The Melech, the Umasarami, I'm, I'm the most important person, like, and I'm the most hush of a guy. Like, I, it's not, these lowlifes, these unworthy individuals which are valueless, they can go out and die, but I, you know, it's not, I, you know, that's like, so then you would say that the meat of the leaders of Kaisal is that they have an element of anivis, etc. So I think that's true, that there is clearly an expression of anivis that, that why does this, this lowly foot soldier deserve to be in danger more than me? He's not less valuable than I am. I'm not more valuable than he is. So it's a shared responsibility. Right? We both should be doing it. So I think that's true. But I was thinking about a different Lakuta, which is something which uh, Revolva talks about here. Um, at length, and I can be able to go through the whole thing, is this this concept of a person as a leader living with a Christ for Christ. So, and every person on their level living with that concept of a Christ for Christ. So, this that's idea of living with 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 some understanding of a feeling of responsibility towards others. We know that the concept of Raven or Raven now, so the word arev is a fascinating word. Um, the word arev, the word yeah, is the word which means a guarantor. So, Kaisal Rebbe is a similar translation means that each, each member of Kaisal is a guarantor to the other member. So, you have a key of mitzvah, and I have a, I have a, I'm guaranteeing that you'll do that. I'm taking responsibility to make sure that you'll do the mitzvah. Um, that's one one type of the word arev zeb Arev zeb is a little bit different language. That Reb Menzel is at the different different scholars of Chazal. Reb Menzel means we're, we're mixed together, the Lashon Taruvis. Now, the, even the word "or" really is directed connected to the, the concept of a Taruvis. We, we, we become one unit. What, what happens to you happens to me, so that's why I have responsibility. So it's it's a concept of we 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 see ourselves as part of a bigger picture as opposed to seeing ourselves as an individual. The tells the Rambam the Sheridas deals with this question that people would grapple with in the, in the, in the world of, 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 of Avodah, in the world of Aliyah, um, you have this conflict between the person's personal Avodah 
and and the the responsibility towards the tzibur. So I want to, I want to work on my midas and my avoda. And right now my main avoda is to work on is uh, is davening. I really have to strengthen my davening. So I want to take time from other areas and really focus on my davening. But the tzibur needs me over there, not focusing on my davening, focusing on something else. So you have this conflict between the, the yachid, the knee the of the individual, and the knee of the tzibur. So they ask this question to the Talzarov, and the Shiradas, so he says, he doesn't understand the question. It's not a steer between your ani and the tzibur. It's just how you look at your ani. If your ani includes the tzibur, so then you're, you're worrying about your ani. That's what he answered. Now, that's a great line. It doesn't seem to really capture the, 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 the you know, at first glance, what does that mean? Okay, but understand that concept. Um, so, in Al-Ishur, the way, the way that Al-Ishur is written, was written, he, he sees it as a, it, it's, it was written as a flow of a, of, a, of a growth thought process over periods of life, the person's stages of life. So the first, there's four short in the Sefer. The first shower is like the basic concept that the person starts becoming, uh, uh, learning Torah, become, wants, to, wants to become what's known as a Ben Torah, which means he's built by the Torah, he's defined by the Torah. And he gives the basic information the person needs to understand to be able to do that. Uh, the second shower builds on that. The third and the fourth shower are a different flavor. As opposed to specific areas, uh, the, the third shower deals with more trying to understand yourself, what the message of Torah is, what the world is about, etc. The fourth shower is, goes through stages of a person's life. So it talks about the person, the, the, what it means, the, the concept of getting married, what it means a person getting a job, each stage of the person's life. So uh, the Maimur V talks about Kalah Yisrael. So we, we would all understand the concept that when a person gets married, the correct way to look at what's happening is that their knee is expanding. It's not I and, her, and somebody else. It's we now function as a unit. I mean, the famous Maestro Barrio Levine, that he comes to the doctor, and he tells the doctor that my, my wife's leg is hurting us. It's not hurting her, it's hurting us. You know, I see my wife as being some part of who I am, etc. Ravarin um, was, was uh, in the uh, Upper West Side for Shabbos a little while ago. And <clears throat> Michelle Shudas, you know, there's a lot of older singles there. And Michelle Shudas, well, you know, he was to dress that crowd. And one of the questions was, you know, what exactly is, why, why get married? What's the per- function of marriage? What is the purpose of marriage? So he says that people come under the impression that the reason why you get married is because marriage makes you happy. Um, which there's multiple studies that people which are married are more happy than people which aren't married. Now that's something in marriage which works well. Well, <laughs> because the divorce rate is over 50%. I think the statistic is right now um, that the the average length of a marriage of a marriage in America is 8.2 years. That means you factor the people who married 50, 60 years, people who are married for a year, you got you know the average marriage is 8.2 years. So seven year age. You know. <laughs> but but what's fascinating is right now in the next, in, the, in, the, in the, the younger generation, more, less than 50 percent people get married. 
Right. So first of all, they're getting married, and then the people are getting married. Most of them are not lasting. So like, so this idea when you're married, you're happier. That's true, but you got that. that, that there's a very that's a that's a small group. So Baron said that's that that's not why you get married. If a person gets married, that, that really what means like this, you know, there's a guy named Goldberg and he was looking seeking happiness. This is my muscle that I use. Now, there's a guy named Goldberg. He wants to get happy, be happy. There's a woman named Goldberg. She wants to be happy. So let's say there's two people. Forget about the case of marriage. There's two people. They want to make a business. One guy named Goldberg. One name is Goldberg. And you know they have each one has different strengths. And they figure you know, if we, we pull our strengths together, we'll we'll make a good business. So I, so their goal there is making money. <coughs> so they get together, you know, Goldberg and Goldberg Limited Liability Corporation, and they make money together. One day Goldberg says, you know what, I might make more money without Goldberg. So if the whole reason why they're together is to make money, so why are we keeping this, 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 this partnership? They dissolve the partnership. So Goldberg gets married because he wants to be happy, and Goldberg gets married because she wants to be happy. One day they wake up and say, you know, I might be more happy without the guy. So that's the end of the marriage. Because the thought process of what, 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 what the glue which puts them together was that each one has a goal about themselves they want to be happy. The reason why you get married is because the Torah says, that a person is not toiv, he's levada. It means that the Bershom defines the godless, the greatness of man, the toive of man, requires that there's somebody else in his life which he has responsibility for. So that's how you get married. So that's something you can't give, that's something you can give up. Because the, I mean, you could, I'm saying, but you're not going to, you say, well, I'll be happier without it. That might, might be, should be, but the goal wasn't happiness. Right. Right. The goal was to create a unique bond, a union, which, yes, is frustrating and challenging. I mean, you have to think about it. And then you take two people which are, which are totally different, especially you get older singles, they've been living for many years like this already by themselves. They develop their own idiosyncrasies, etc. And you put them together 24-7, 365, they're going to get each other's nerves. I mean, that's normal. Razil Tarber says it in this way. I think I mentioned this to you before. I had this conversation. I was traveling um, to a chasna. So I was, I was traveling to a chasna in Montana. Well, he wasn't in the mood of driving there and back. So if you're able to take the train, the problem with the train is that it, 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 there's the closest in stop Muncie. to Muncie is Metro Park, New Jersey, which is 40 miles away. So that you know, the, how do I get from there to Muncie? But it turned out I had a great eye on because the 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 Chasna's family was from Chicago. They were flying in. And um, they were flying into Newark. They were renting a bus from Newark to go up to the, up to the Chasna. So I said, great, I'll take the train to Newark. There's, there's a stop in Newark Airport. And I'll meet them there, and I'll take the bus up, up to Muncie, to the, to, the, to the Chasna. So that's what I did. So I get on this bus. It's a Muncie tourist bus from driver. And there's like 40 people on the bus who are all from Chicago, know each other, related or friends, etc., and me. And they were very comfortable totally ignoring that I exist. Like, because they were very comfortable talking to each other, etc. So I said, no problem, I'll talk to the bus driver. So it's about, it's about a two, almost a two-hour drive from there. To, I had a two-hour schmooze with the bus driver. It was great. Um, so t- somewhere in the middle of the conversation, the bus driver tells me 
that you know he has shalom by his problems. I mean, he really we really got down to the nitty gritty. You know, you know. Like you are a rabbi. What? I am a rabbi, but you know, like you know. So anyway, so like you know, so he has shalom issues, etc. So that's he usually does he does the long distance runs for monthly tours. So it's pretty good because you know when you wait for a few days, his wife misses him. When he gets back, the first day or two is good. And by the time it's the material again, he's back on the road. Like that's the plan. That doesn't sound like a good plan. Um, so. So he, then he mentioned somewhere in the conversation, he mentioned that he was the private driver for Pirdan. He was the private driver for Rizil Tauber. So Rizil Tauber was a, was a Talmud Chacham, a businessman, lived in Muncie. He was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. And he also was, he, he put out a book on Shalom Bayez. I think he's no longer living? No, he's not. He was Nifter, yeah. About, to, about, to, about two years ago. Just Nifter. So I asked him, like, did you ever discuss this issue with Rabbi Tauber? Like, you know, I'm curious to hear what, how he responded to it. He says, yeah. I said, well, what did he say? <laughs> So he tells me that uh, he, he asked, the guy's name was Moshe, if I recall correctly. He um, says, Moshe, have you ever seen how they polish diamonds? He says, no, matter of fact, not. He says, well, I'll tell you how they polish diamonds. He says, you take a raw diamond. A raw diamond doesn't look like anything special. It looks like a piece, a piece of rock. They put it in a vise, and a person who's an expert calculates where to, where to put it in the vise, and there's a machine which comes down with tremendous pressure, and if it's put in right, it cracks into two pieces. Okay. So that's stage number one. So now, now the next stage is they want to polish the diamond. So to polish the diamond, you have to polish it. When you polish something, you use something, a harder substance polishes a softer substance. There's nothing harder than a diamond. So you can't polish a diamond with anything else. Everything else will just be rubbed out by the diamond. The diamond will remain the same. You polish a diamond with a diamond. Hmm. So what do you do? You take which diamond do you use? You use the two halves of the same diamond because they're opposites. You rub them against each other and they wear each other away. Eventually, you get a polished diamond. And you end up with two polished diamonds. That's what Rabbi Tauber said. Now, I said this over recently. And a person was there said she once heard it from Rabbi Tarbin says and he added another canage. She said, Oh right. He says, Have you ever been present when they polish diamonds? What does it sound like when they're polishing the diamonds? It's a horrible screeching sound. While they're polishing the diamonds. But then there's two polished diamonds. That's what Tarbin said. That's the muscle of what happens when a person gets married. Person took on a machaba, ripped them apart, rubs them against each other. It's a horrible screeching sound, and yet you end up with two polished diamonds. Right? That's your mushroom. But? That didn't work out so well. Of course. She, she convinced him to sin. Well, I was that? That, 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 that was round one. They lived together for another 930 years after that. They didn't get divorced. Okay? So they worked it out. Right? So, so the process is a process of expanding that you now look at the world in a different way. Well, you have kids, it's the same thing. You don't look at your kids like, you know, I have my growth and I have my kids. You know, part of what I am in this world and part of what, how I define myself is by my children. Something that's un- unhealthy, but the that some concept is, is not incorrect. That part of who, who you are is your children. Matter of fact, the Sefer Kinuch says, what's the idea of the concept of Yerusha, the Sikh Parish, or the concept of Yerusha? 
What's the idea behind the concept of Yerusha? He said, Kosh Baruch made the world, originally Adam was supposed to live forever. Whatever property he received will be his forever. So even though Adam was chayte, but since it goes over to your children, it's, it's, it's in some way you're still holding on to your property forever. So the original plan of Kosh Baruch was able to be niskayim through the process of Yerusha going to the children. Your children are an extension of you. That's why there's a concept of Brahma the child can do mitzvahs, and it benefits the parent because the child is an extension of the parent. Klai is the same thing. Right? What he, what what was going to say is that with the, the right way to look at Klai Yisrael is not that there's me and you. We're we're all part of the same unit, one unit. So if I can truly develop that attitude, so I don't look at my the process when I'm think, worrying about the tzibur as being a contra- contradiction to my personal growth, my personal growth is supposed to be in the context of a broader reality. The same way we would say a husband who looks at his own growth, ignoring the needs of his marriage, is not a tzaddik. He's a big, he's a big, he works on himself. No, he's not understanding who he is. He lives in a new stage of life where that's not an option anymore. A buffer has that option. The Baruch has the freedom to say, you know, where a person married doesn't have their freedom. A person who does it to the detriment of his children is not understanding who he is. A person who does it to the detriment to the needs of Christ is also not understanding who he is. Your knee is supposed to expand. But what happens, of course, is that it doesn't work like that. We, you know, we perceive our neighbor as our neighbor and ourselves as ourselves, and I have needs. And I have things that I want to work on, which... Are, so I, I got an interesting shadow this week. Um, there's a concept known as Berev Amhadras Melech. It's a Pasuk and Mishlei, which was all applied to the idea that when you do a mitzvah to, as part of a larger unit, it's a greater cover to Hashem. You wrote about it. What? You wrote about it in the Halacha email. Right. That, 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 that's, that's, this, so I got an email. People people get my get my uh, Halacha email. Um, somebody sent me a Shiloh. So the Mugan Rum says that if I have a choice to see davening in two shuls, I should daven in the shul, which is has a larger tzibur, because Rebbe Amahad just mellowed. So he asked, are there any considerations which will allow you to daven in the smaller minion? Now, obviously the question was, because the person is davening in a smaller minion, as opposed to a larger minion, right? Um, he says, because his son had raised this question to him, like, why are they davening in the smaller minion? What happened to Rebbe Amahad just so I said, yeah, it's brought down on the price given a case where the, the, the Rav Am is, there, there are people who talk, etc. It's distracting, so you could dive in the smaller minion. Right. So he said back, what, are there any other considerations besides that? So I said, yeah, it's brought down. If you want to dive in the base of Medrash, the Kedusha of the base of Medrash is higher than the Kedusha of the base of So a person wants to dive in the base of Medrash, that's, that's, that's an option. It's only another example given in the law. What about if I enjoy dive anymore because I'm with my people more, who are more comfortable with. I said, I don't know. So here's the interesting question. Right? How do you balance the needs of the tzibur, the Brevo Hadras to bring the whole tzibur together as one big am, as opposed to the person who prefers the daven with people of his own kind, you know, excuse me for saying like that, right? How do you balance those, those two things? It's a good question, right? Is that a valid option, a valid concept or not? Now, there the issues of the need of the tzibur. This issue is coming to Hashem. The purpose of the is giving coming to Hashem, and the, and the Torah tells me you give more coming to Hashem. Brayvam, 
So, I, but I, but I want to work on my I, my dominant, I feel my dominant will be better, and therefore it's more covered to Hashem. But I'm not like that. Oh, it's a good question. You have, you have to answer the question. But a lot of times, that's what happens: is we we look at our personal avoidance and personal needs as being uh, in some way in a conflict with the needs of the tzibur. Okay, so. Um, um, so page Rishon Gimel, towards the bottom of the page. Brother Rochem says, "Adam Chayvus Vesecha Klau." The person lives as part of its klau. Who nisalem me'al elam apratim, yon who nisalal shall turn on shall detiyas a goof. The person who's overcome his personal yetsahoras, Chayvus a tanugim, the divas a kabed, vavas kesef. So the person has reached this stage of the Sefer. He's a quite accomplished individual. He's worked on Taiva, he's worked on COVID, he's worked on Taiva Samoman. He's not living in the world for these things. So he got to there. So he lives in a world where there's an inner peace. He's not busy defining himself by what's outside of him. He has a, he has a manuch inside of himself. This person who was on Masugaliris is a klal virus ish klal. That's a person which can be see himself as part of a bigger picture. I didn't go through the because we don't have time. There are many mis- mistaken notions. Um, when it comes to this concept of how you relate to the cloud, individuals which have little understanding and little action, my needs are the cloud is there to, to further my needs. When I do a chesed, I'm a bal chesed to the tzibur. But when I do a chesed, now that's not that's just a malitza. It's not against this rich parsha, right? But it's lashon chazal. Actually, it's not lashon chazal. It's a lashon of that the Rishonim use. I think that a person acts like Zimri, but he thinks he gets he deserves a word like Pinchas, right? He's indulging all of his timers and then thinking he's a big tzaddik. And he rationalizes. What? He rationalizes it also. Rationalizes it. By Zimri, he rationalized it anyway. Yep, 100%. So the person, um, so the person sees himself as, the the reason why I involve myself in the cloud is because that's an opportunity to do chesed. So it's about me. I want to be about chesed. I feel good when I'm about chesed. And therefore I'm doing a chesed. So the reason why you help is not because you're about chesed. You only help us because when your right hand helps your left hand, oh, it's my hand's a real big ball, so it helps my left hand. Right? You, you, you've, if you're saying like that, what you're saying is you, you still perceive yourself as being distinct in it, and you have no real responsibility to somebody else. But you're a ball, it's a great tzaddik. Um, it's well, it's well, it's widespread. The, the thought process. The idea of cloud is something which is outside of myself, not connected to my, my inner growth. Al hepech. 
So where is Klal relevance? Like this, Misha is a person who's not really growing personally. So the, the person's a real he sits, he learns, he dives, etc. The guys who never can't do that, they become Askanim. That's the thought process. Okay, this is wrong. As you're growing, you will see yourself eventually, seeing yourself as part of the cloud. That's the person who will become part of the cloud. Um, he goes on to, to expand on the concept. Um, I was in Cleveland, and uh, there was a woman there, the woman who was involved in making me room, and her name was Mrs. Sarita Katz. So she was always involved in working with people, becoming Bali Shuba, Chasadim, and that was her whole life. Um, Idea of where the woman, how the woman thought. Ben Gurion came to she. She grew up. She was born in Chicago. She grew up in Chicago. Ben Gurion came to Chicago in the early fifties. She was, and then they, and they met with you know the community, etc. She was sixteen years old, so she went to hear him speak. Um, he gets on this like this, you know, like a, a stage where all of the different dignitaries of the city are sitting up there, and Ben Gurion. It's the only person without a yarmulke. She pulls out a yarmulke from her purse and throws it up to him, and he catches it and puts it on. She brought a yarmulke beforehand because she realized he would not bring a yarmulke and be embarrassed about not having a yarmulke. Therefore, she brought a yarmulke beforehand. Sixteen-year-old girl copped wow. the thought process. Like that's a young woman. She already was thinking on how people see the world and what their needs are, how she could address them. I met her. She was in rehab. She was in her 80s. And she says, Rebelli, you have to meet my neighbor. Next, next one over, there's a, there's a, there's a couple. And she, Rebelli, she, this woman is mama, she, she, she just was macabre. She stopped wearing pants. She's only wearing skirts from now on. Who was next to her? There's a conservative rabbi and his wife. And she's making them from at the age of 80-something. <laughs> you know? She didn't stop her whole life. She lived like that. She would. She was hospitalized. She'd spend the day talking on the phone to people who need need chizuk. I went to visit her. I spoke to her. Um, she was nifter during my son's shabbos the week of the shabbos So she was planning to come to the chasna, but the doctor forbade it. It was the chasna vashes. So we arranged like a you know, one of these you know, kid walking around with a with a tablet so she could see everything. So I called her the next day, you know, how it was. Her belly, it was, it was perfect. It was more than perfect. It was, it was Skvaldic. I never got a chance to see them and dance before. So, <laughs> but she was looking at the positive side of it. Um, then um, I spoke to her again later in the week. She says, her belly, you know, that somebody arranged to take me to the, to the, to the, um, this big specialist in Long Island. They went, she went by a solar ambulance. Erev Shabbos, she sent her her eight o'clock 
to buy a safer for the two drivers and get a card. She wrote a card and sent, sent the present for them because right, they did a chesed with her. She was nifter on Shabbos. But like, that's how she, th- she lived her life thinking about how could she give to other people. So, um, uh, why am I telling you the story? I lost my train of thought. Um, so, and going in with the Yamaka? No, 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 I, I wanted to tell you something which happened. People see themselves as part of the community, they grow into the community. Right, all right. So, so the, the, no, but I, had, I had a specific mice with her, but I wanted to share with you how that came out. I don't remember which one it was. Okay, there's one of the mice that I wanted with her, which, which, which I thought would be a very good, good example of this concept. Um, Oh, oh, sorry. Why, why the story? So here's, so here's the story. Okay, good. So she calls me that there's a young man. This young man is, is his um, came out of Russia. Parents came out of Russia. The boy was 12 years old. The grandfather was from. The parents obviously weren't from. Any, you know, weren't from in Russia. The son. They, they put the son. They, she, they went into the Hebrew Academy. 12 years old. By the time he was bar mitzvah ready. They have the Gudas, the Pirkei Gudas Hill has this, this same Mishnayas contest, Mishnayas Balpeh contest. He was the winner of Mishnayas Balpeh for the Midwest wow. Pirkei Gudas Hill. He memorized over 2,000 Mishnayas Balpeh. There's a kid who hadn't been learning. Last, he was learning a little, a little over a year. He memorized 2,000. The kid was a brilliant kid. By the age of 16, the kid was, was no longer from. He was reading Kant. He was like... Uh, Kant. And, Kant. And he was like... He was, you know, socialist. You know, all the communist stuff was coming out of him, essentially. And um, so Mrs. Katz asked if I would learn with him. So we, when we got together, he's sitting there with Adi Yamaka, Adi Yamaka. He's talking about, like, his goal is, you know, he wants to go join Project Hope, you know, uh, go to Southeast Asia and help the, the, whole, the whole nine yards. And because the person has to live a life giving to others, and taking, helping others, etc. So she told me, says, you know, every other young man she's ever dealt with, you know, the, 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 the challenge that they have to the Yiddishkeit is Taiva. This is the first young man, this is, you know, the, the, the challenge of the Yiddishkeit is Hashkafic issues of desire to do chesed, you know, like a little bit different. He's asking a question that like 35 years old don't think of. Brilliant kid. So t- somewhere along the way, he said to me, you know, that, you know, what's, what's with your chesed? You're sitting in yeshiva, what's your chesed? As I said, Ron Cutler points out that Elder we say in the, in the paragraph, Elder Rameshel, I'm sure, everything over there is a, is, 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 has to do with chesed, except for seemingly one thing, Talmud Torah. Everything is chesed, because that's why you're all compared to Elder So what's with Limon Torah? He says, we know from the Nefesh Chaim that, that the Nehman Torah is what gives us sustenance to the whole world. So Talmud Torah Kanega Kulam is saying that the chesed that you do through Talmud Torah is the biggest chesed you can do for the whole world. So you are, you are doing chesed. And he says to me, but do you feel it? It's hmm. a great question. Right? You're learning because you want to learn. You're learning. You're not doing because you want to be a chibal chesed. Right? Over here, the person who's going out and doing Chdosh's Kal or Avoyus Ames, he's doing because he wants to be a Balchesed. So he's, expre- he's, he's defining himself as a Balchesed. You're defining himself as a selfless person who enjoys learning. It happens to be everybody's benefiting. Right? Right? So, um, that was the question. 
So he said, it's a good question. The Chazish writes in a letter, he says that, you know, the idea that people sit and learn, so they only focus on themselves. So that's a mistake. You is to become the biggest girl you can become because Chayisot needs you. So yeah, you have to sit and learn and focus on your own learning. But you have to understand in the back of your mind that the reason why you're doing that is not about you solely. It's about you as part of a tzibur. So the Rebobo writes later, later on in the, in the, in the um, in page uh, uh, page Hey Iron Rage. Um, in the second, the second last paragraph on the page, the biographios shall tzaddikim. He then currently taught her, "Ki hoyu gam oyev Yisrael gadolim." Besides being tremendous tzaddikim, the tremendous tzaddikim, they were also oyev Yisrael. It's like it's like an added, like afterthought. Afterthought. Kilo zoy ma'ala pratis eitzot tzaddik zeh. She talking. She tzaddik gam biladeh. There's some tzaddikim which are not oyev Yisrael, and this one is also like. He says, "Kaisa biographers elu lo yordu the mashuvah shalavas is klal. Kol ben aliyah magia l'shlav b'avadosa hamachriach asir laharchi liboy and he's kalusa b'sir klal yisrael." As you grow, you start seeing yourself as part of something bigger. If you don't, you're not really growing. There's no such thing. Magia l'kaim b'kaim as a sif arishon shal shachonark shi'as jamneg yisomid. Those who are, aren't growing in that way are really ultimately selfish people, right? Correct. Okay. Um, that uh, continues that, that that thought process that you know, godel after godel after godel. So, yeah, there was two of their life where they were they were quite sundu and nobody knew about them. They were busy working and developing themselves. And one day, R- Steinman. I remember, like, when he put a swarm out, a yellow sashachar, we didn't know who he was. We used the swarm. He wrote this in front of the table, Aleph Yud Lamed, Aaron Yehuda Leib. Like, Zehu, that's the name of it. Who was he? Aleph Yud Lamed. I don't know who he was. The swarm were Gewaldic. I mean, the mom was Gewaldic a swarm. He said, he had a yeshiva, he was sitting, you know, learning with his yeshiva, saying shiurim for 50 years. Nobody knew his name. I mean, the Nebrak didn't know his name. saying, all of a sudden, he's carrying Klaes on his shoulders. Roshach was Nifter. Roshach was Nifter. Roshach was Nifter. next thing you know, Ravar Leib is like, he's involved in everything. He, the reason I was able to do that is because he had spent all those years preparing. He was able to, to handle, the, 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 he had the shoulders big enough to handle Klaes. So, but it wasn't like he was leaving for himself all those years. He was, he was get, get, developing the muscle Strength to handle the weight of Kaiser. But you have to think like that. So if, if that's how you live, that's how you think, you're not staying home when they're going out to war. It's just not an option. You, you, you want your leader to be a person who sees, Sarashi says in Chumash, she says, Sora, looks as I'll say, that do you think I'm giving you Sora? I'm giving you Avdus. The, the the status of a person being a leader in class so it's not that you're now you have sorrow you have authority you have power you have control it's about you've gained a, a position of being a, a somebody who has the rights to demand of others you became the avid 
the Prince of Wales has on his, on his coat of arms, Ich Dein, I serve. Right? I mean, at least in, in conceptually, they understand that that's what a leader is supposed to be. He's here to serve. The reality is not like that, you know, that, you know, that people use their, 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 their what, what power corrupts. And they enjoy the idea of being the one who has control. But the, the, with the leader of Christ, so it's not like that. I'm here to serve. So, of course, I, what, do you mean, what do you mean you go out? I, of course, I go out. I'm here to serve. Christ on two, it's this. They expect of their leaders a level of devotion and availability, which is like, you know, because you're, you're, you have a Christ, so you have to be available. So a person will, will, will call somebody late at night because they have a need. Therapist, you have it. If this is the emergency, please hang up and dial nine one one. You know, like you know, there's no nine one one for the rub. You know, like you know, you know, you, you need something. I was, uh, uh, we, were, we were making a shabrachas, I think, Shabbos shabrachas, or we having making an ufruf, maybe what it was. And my wife needed something. It was close to Shabbos. My wife said, okay. I said, you really want it? I said, yes. So I drove to Giant in Wheaton to get it. So it's like 45 minutes before Shabbos. I'm running over to Giant to get it. My wife wanted it, fine. It's 45 minutes before Shabbos. I'm running down the aisle in Giant. They were going as quickly as I could in those days, but there was, there was, you know, it wasn't, now I can run, but then I couldn't. I have a Shiloh for you. You wouldn't do that to your doctor. You wouldn't do that to your lawyer. Right? But Reinhold's job is to, hear, to serve the Tiber. So I have a question for you. Right? No? You would do it to your doctor? Or I think you? some Jews would do it to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, the, the needs are different, though. I mean... The rabbi is a part of your everyday life. My doctor, when I'm sick or I need a physical, the lawyer, the same thing. But the rabbi is all the 24-7. Exactly. That, that, that's what it means to be a leader, that you're available 24-7. Because you need them 24-7. Because your people need you 24-7. Right. right. So it's it's any position, the, honestly, any position of, of power, the sort of power is you're given power to be able to give to serve. Energy is not very significant until you put, you put it into a machine and it does something with it. So it, you have a power source, you have the power, and then you have the machine attached to it. You have the power source, you have, like, we have a lot of power. Now what? Do something with it. Right? So we gave you power. The purpose of the power is that therefore I can use it to my advantage. Like That's one way of looking at it. Or we gave you power because you just supposed to plug it into the machine and do something with it. So, um, um, uh, it's not it's not to say that the process is easy, but but that but that's 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 the aside. So, in regards to the question, like, what's the kiddush of the postage over here? We said that he went out. It was a message of how. The, the Torah is defining what it means to be a leader. Uh, uh, the leader is there to serve the people. 
And therefore, his, it makes sense logically that he should be the one leading them out because he's there for them. As opposed to he's staying behind and sending them, which means they're there for him. So I'm a king and I want to expand my properties. I'm willing to send my servants out to get something for me. Like that's that's the mistaken thought process that, that the Torah is coming about. Fuka, that's an incorrect way of looking at what it means to be a leader. What it means that the concept of a Christ and Zebra is a whole different picture. Now, obviously, but that's somewhat a leader, but each individual really has has within their own. He talks about you know, later on. Um, a person has the ability to correct, rebuke the members of his family and doesn't do so, he's, he's, he takes, gets responsibility. So he's, he's given the punishment, not them. So, um, whatever level of, of, of authority you have, that means you have responsibility to them. So one person can be his, his authority impacts his home. One person impacts the whole city. One person impacts the, neighbor, the neighborhood. One person impacts a whole country. One person impacts the whole world. So each person has this nakuda of leadership in a large way or a small way. So as, as much as you have the ability to impact, that's what, in that sense, you're a leader. And in that sense, you have you live with a different thought process. So I'm not doing real justice to the, to the concept because it's getting late, but, like, but that's, it's, it's a different way, of, you know. Uh, I had a conversation with some young men nowadays that said, you know, if you grow up in a very large seabird, which you feel that what you do makes zero difference to the seabird, to the you never learn the lesson that you have a Christ to the Zebra. I live in a city of, of 100,000 from Yidden. Whether I die, whatever I do, it doesn't make a difference. So, like, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not impacting any, I'm not impacting anybody, so I have no responsibility to anybody. So, I, don't, I never was taught the concept of responsibility to others. That's what you lose in big towns. Mm-hmm. Right? Whereas, if you live in a small town, everybody knows that what you do makes a difference. So, you learn to live with the concept of a Christ. So that's a challenge which we have as Kaisal expands and becomes more developed. This concept of that, the, this is a yesart of, of how to look at Torah is being more and more less well-known and less understood by many people. And that's why I want to talk about it because I was talking to a guy this week and he says, you know, can I give the person Makaris to the concept of a Kriyas? And then I was like, you know, I never really learned it through these things. It was like it was it was sort of a, you, you, it was osmosis. You know, you picked it up because that was how you lived. Right. And now, for the, where this person's coming from, he, he didn't absorb it through osmosis. You have to actually find a source for it that help him learn the concept. So that's why I've been thinking about this idea. So that's connected to the part. Okay. Shkach. Shkach.